The Cups and Cakes Network presents Inside the Artist Studio. The interview you are about to hear was originally recorded on March 22nd, 2019. To find out more about Cups and Cakes, visit them at cupsandcakespod.com. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. What you're about to hear may contain filthy language and adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Maddie Storvald is an Alberta-born singer-songwriter fresh off of her experience on CTV's The Launch. She released her second LP, Freedom, Books, Flowers, and the Moon, in December 2018 to a sold-out show at the Talus World of Science Planetarium, and we take a listen at the end of the episode to one of the standout tracks from that record called Can't Wait on the Rain. We sat down midway through March in McEwen's Studio B to talk about her experience growing up in Dubai, about poetry and writing, and the time she was proudest to get fired. Here's Maddie Storvald. Fucking rock. <laughs> I fell over yesterday. Oh, sorry. Do you want to start? Yeah, no, go for it. <laughs> well, then I'll tell you my really quick thing. Yeah. Is that I fell off my bike yesterday and fucked my ankle. Look at this. Oh, no. It's, see how it's kind of green here? It's not. I mean, it probably doesn't look like a big deal to you, but yeah. it was very painful for me. And my camel a, yeah, ankle, you got a little yeah. camel tattoo. I sh- I'm getting an arrow tattooed here because it should be on my toe. Oh, okay. Camel toe. Get Is, it? I- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Pretty Sean. good. <laughs> uh, I assume that's like in some way Dubai related, right? It is. It is indeed. Okay. What? I, I have a I have a friend who actually goes to McEwen here who grew, mm. grew up in Doha in I think Qatar. Yeah, I used to play softball there. Oh, okay, mm. cool. Uh, so I mean, I've I've talked to him a little bit about it. Is is uh, with that type of thing? Like, are you, are you living mostly among a community, like a community of Canadian people, or are you just kind of in? Dubai. It's no, you're totally integrated. Yeah, it's, okay. it's not like I think a lot of people have the conception that Dubai is like Saudi, where there's like compounds with like your right. grocery stores, your gyms, your school, everything. Right. Um, but no, it's it's very much Westernized, very integrated. It doesn't necessarily has to be to be a tourism hub hub for you know the whole world. So. Right, and pretty like I guess business driven too. So you kind of have to be like open, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> so how like how long were you in Dubai? 15 years. Okay. Yeah. So, well, functionally then, you're like from... Uh, right? Yeah, I'm Arab. <laughs> I have a tattoo cool. on my wrist as well. I'm just going to take you through a little roadmap <laughs> of my tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> this one says Nakhuth in Arabic, which means rising. Okay. But one time I went to my mom's teaching assistant. She speaks classical Arabic. Yeah. Um, she's Egyptian. Okay. And she was like, oh, erection. And I was like, no, Mona, not erection. <laughs> I didn't tattoo erection on my arm. At least I don't think I did. <laughs> yeah, I hope not. <laughs> uh, I would imagine you're fairly fluent, though. No, I'm not oh, okay. at all. No, because you is don't it... have to be. That's the other part uh, of the like okay. business world, right? Like you kind of just right just float along, speaking a, a swear word here, a greeting there. Yeah, is Close it mostly English then, or? Oh yeah, mostly English. Oh, yeah, okay. some pig Latin interspersed in that as well. Uh, and then you're from, you're from Cold Lake originally. Well, well yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I was born there, but it's one of those. So like this, this is actually really interesting. It's like a phenomenon of like the third culture kid where, right. um, you know, you're not part of your home culture. You're not part of the culture that you're living within or growing up in. Right. You form this kind of global third culture of, um, you know, nomads, like people who are yeah. not quite fitting anywhere, kind of in a liminal space. Uh. Do you think about then being like from the prairies in that sense? Now I do, okay. especially because and when it comes to like my art, like I I definitely 
draw a lot from this like stark, expansive beauty of the prairies. Right. Um, I've really like I found myself as an artist in both physically and proverbially. Um, I found myself in Alberta. Right. So I mean that's been really transformative for me to be here and and I I draw a lot of inspiration and and identity from this place for sure uh do do you feel like then like when you moved back like to Edmonton and Alberta Mm -hmm. was that kind of when you like kicked into high gear so to speak with songwriting and music stuff definitely yeah so um I mean like in terms of a timeline like I I graduated um, from university in London, Ontario when right. I was 21 and moved right back to, um, to Edmonton because my, my mom was here. My sisters were here. Both my grandparents okay. are here. And, um, so, you know, real family basis. And I, I had heard that it has a great music scene. Um, and so that's when I, once I had graduated university, I'd kind of had this back pocket dream of doing music. And I was like, right. well, heck it. I'm going <laughs> to... I'm gonna start off in in Edmonton, so you're you're completely right. It, that's exactly when I started properly doing it. I like that it's Hackett, but yeah. we've covered the camel toe tattoo already. Yeah. So like, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Fine, <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> uh, what degree did you do in, at Western? It was I studied uh, lit and philosophy, so I was I was an arts major. Um, I actually started out. This is funny. I don't talk about this a lot, but I started out in the sciences. Oh, okay. Yeah, and <laughs> I did, you know, one semester of uh, physics, university-level physics, yeah. and, like, totally went over my head. I was, like, writing poems in my physics lectures, <laughs> so um, I I was really lost. I was like, do I stay in this? Because I did, I did really well in bio and chem and, right. um, and math, and I was, I was excited about uh, the science degree as well, yeah. but um, I went and I had this one really... Um, this, this conversation with one of my professors that really changed me. So what he said to me was, um, there is nothing more important that you will ever do in your life but study the arts and humanities. Um, the study of art and the study of humanity is what makes being a human important. Right. And he said he, uh, his father had lived through two world wars this professor's father had had lived through and fought in two world wars and uh and when this professor um had gotten his uh his medical degree and then last minute decided to switch into arts english his father said there's nothing more worthy that you can do and so i always keep that in the back of my head because i think it's i think what i do and what i have done is important and i think the world needs more of it for sure Mm -hmm. uh did you go i guess Probably not, but did you go to Western then with the thinking of, or did you enter into like humanities and arts and studying that with an eye towards kind of using that to inform your songwriting? No, I, I always just did really well. I, I love right. words, first and foremost, like words are my greatest love before all my Tinder base. <laughs> and um, so I went into it just because that's what I was drawn to. And that's how right. I led a lot of my life is just like what what is my intuition telling me? Right. Um, I probably trust that a little too much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. But then I I kind of discovered my songwriting self when I, after my second year, I, I moved to Banff for the summer. Gotcha. So that is where my 
career, if you will, started. I was busking on the street and I met a bunch of Australians and we just drank wine and played these shitty bar gigs. And (laughs) it was glorious, you know, changed my life. Uh, When did you start playing? Like, had you been kind of playing guitar or singing consistently or did you kind of pick it up in order to start? No, I, I, um, so I had learned guitar, uh, when I was probably 12, my grandpa taught me, okay. um, my, my first couple chords and then I'm self-taught from there. I've never taken guitar lessons. I've never taken voice lessons. Um, I sang in choir okay, and sang in church and I did musicals. And so, I mean, music was always a part of my life, but it, it wasn't my, it, it hasn't, I'm not someone who's been pursuing a career since I was like 14. Like I didn't start. Right taking this seriously until I was probably, yeah, 21, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, I always wrote poems and I always played covers and played around the campfire and it was just a matter of marrying those two things and starting to write my own songs when I decided that this was the career that I wanted to be in. For sure. Uh, So, like, post-university, I guess, and pre-university, when you're kind of... uh, I, I think it's always interesting to talk to people about how they feel as if like an academic experience has changed mm, the way they yeah. do their art. Right. Uh, do, do you look at things like lyric writing and, and poetics in, in a more like technical way or mm-hmm. are you still mostly yeah, going off of intuition, do you think? Oh, I think that's a great question. It's, um, I think a lot of being an artist is, is uh, living in dualities. Um, right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, part of it is definitely I studied the greats. I have those right. um, those things kind of etched into my mind and my my spirit. Um, those those great lyrics, I, I memorize poems and right. and things like that. So I, I think there you develop a natural cadence that mimics um, the the great writers of our right. of our race without um, with trying not to be derivative. For sure. um, but. But there is, yeah, I mean, there is always that um, that fervor in, in an artist to try to, to grasp something new and something purely, uh, like, channeling the muse, if you will. So, yeah. I mean, that was a kind of a long-winded way of saying, yeah, both. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, I mean, I do think I exist in that duality of, like, really appreciating the academic side of my life, but also um, needing that non-cognitive, just emotional-based sure. thing as well. Because I think, too, like, listening to uh, the most recent album from mm-hmm. December, I feel like there's a lot of stuff uh, that is both very traditionally, like, uh, eloquent, like, poetic language, mm-hmm. I guess, and a lot of stuff that's also just very funny. Oh, cool. Like, I'm glad you thought that. Yeah, like, there's lots of just nice little lines in there. But I guess uh, it's interesting to me because it really feels like it's coming, yeah, from a background of both, yeah, like, very... Uh, not singer songwritery stuff even but uh boy i don't know what i'm saying it's uh <laughs> it, it strikes me as, as as both informed by yeah that academic stuff and also just really uh not taking it super super seriously yes absolutely and i'm i'm really glad you caught on to that cuz that's something that i i try to do you know i um I was a very serious child. I was a very serious teenager, type A perfectionist. And um, when I went to university and when I had this experience living in the mountains, um, I mean, a lot of that time I was dealing with mental health struggles and sure. being on my own for the first time. And I was necessarily forced to 
to find lightness everywhere and, and humor and, and as you say, not not take things too seriously. So yeah. I think my tendency is to be a very cognitive, um, disciplined, serious person, but but there is this childish spirit that seems to overtake the rest of that now much more often than is probably necessary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you feel like there's a culture shock coming back? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I was like, I did not do well my first year of university. I wore flip-flops until like December. Okay. Yeah, because I never had to wear closed-toed shoes before, right? And, right. And uh, certain certain language, like trying to get the the um, the dialect of like the GTA, <laughs> where <laughs> everyone's like, for the boys, cruise with the boys. We go into a pre, and I'm like, "What the f- <laughs> fuck was just said to me?" Yeah, I think a lot of us here were like that too. Though. Yeah, <laughs> I would need subtitles, yeah. and I'm like speaking <laughs> English, you know. So yeah, um, yeah, and and there's there's definitely an element of of isolation as well. Being someone who uh, grew up overseas and and came back to a community that was made up, you know, 90% of people from the Toronto area. Right. Yeah. And, and I've spent my whole life learning to appreciate culture and, uh, sinking into it and sponging everything up. Yeah. But definitely you feel isolated. You feel alone and it kind of just, yeah, it magnifies that whole university experience of being lonely and being on your own. Right. Cause I would imagine, yeah, it's a certain amount of kind of outside looking in Yeah. for, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, in terms of the, like the newest record then, mm-hmm. uh, that was all recorded here, right? In Edmonton? It was, yeah. It was recorded at the audio department. Okay. Mm-hmm. Perfect. That was with Harry Gregg, right? It was, yeah. It was yeah. Harry Gregg. He, he came and talked to us a few, six weeks ago or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice guy. He told me that. Yeah, he was really excited about that. He's, oh, I think cool. he's interested in getting into teaching. He's a great, great sound engineer and totally self-taught and he's just really cut his teeth by making a bunch of records so i super respect him and he was my first pick i i, I got a grant right. for that record actually oh, okay. so um we were able to do that do that pretty yeah. nicely and as soon as i got it the first person i called was harry and i said we're making an album <laughs> <laughs> uh how do you feel then about like obviously because uh i mean it's odd perhaps that this is the first we've touched on this but mm-hmm. you obviously have an experience with the launch mm-hmm. and all that stuff uh How do you feel about kind of like what I imagine is like a super glossy style of production versus working with Harry, who I also just know is a bit like is pretty like pared down. Yeah, he likes raw sounds. He likes natural. Yeah. Yeah. And and I love that, too. For sure. Um, So I was really reluctant to go on the television show. Um, I... I wasn't uh, too excited about about that kind of style of production because I'd right. seen the show before. I, I know what they're going for. Um, and I think I was really lucky with who my mentor was. Right. Um, which for people listening who have not seen the launch or my episode was Brian Adams. Yeah. Um, because for Brian and I think for Scott as well, Scott Borchetta um, of Big Machine Label Group, it was all about capturing an emotional performance. Right. So, I mean, it didn't end up being as different from my previous studio experience. It, it was about um, capturing a moment in time. Right. And, and I feel like that was done with the single Don't Say You Love Me as well. Yeah. Uh, was the workflow, like, significantly different or fairly? Well, I mean, I was just a vocalist on that track, which was 
really different because right. like my my past as I say my past studio experience like I design instrumentation and right. put a lot of work into the production and I played multiple guitars and sang mo multiple vocal parts on most tracks so right. it's very much my brainchild For sure. but when I went into the studio I was primarily seen as as a, a vocalist and and right. just a, a voice a performer yeah. so and I didn't write the song either so <laughs> that's a totally different experience too fair I, I guess then how do you like how do you feel about covering stuff then particularly yeah coming from a background of looking at a lot of written material uh how do you kind of, I guess, look at a song and figure out how you're going to kind of do your own thing and put your own meaning into it? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's difficult. It's not it's not something I'm super used to doing yet. Um, it's a great challenge. Uh, I do think that there is an element of embodying a song and and trying to do it justice. Right. Um, so. I mean, you you have to you have to believe a song if you're gonna perform it. You can't right. just go through the motions. People are smart. People will know, and and there's there's a vibe there if if you're actually feeling it. So, I mean, in in order to embody it, I think you have to like connect it to your own experience. I right. think you have to um, spend some time with the lyrics and really understand them. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a real challenge for me still. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Yeah. Uh, with that, we'll probably move into kind of the second half of things here, which is, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, we talked about this before, but rapid fire, so kind of quick questions. Give her. Uh, we'll get right into it. Uh, cake versus pie. Oh, fuck. Um. <laughs> Stumped you on the first one. Okay. Super hesitant. <laughs> yeah, because, well, I mean, it's like, like I like a good lemon meringue. I don't like yeah. fruit pies. Okay. Fruit pies are tricking you because like you get pie but you're also getting healthy stuff and like fuck that right <laughs> so um yeah i would probably say like a birthday cake or a lemon meringue pie so i've totally okay. not answered your question but <laughs> i'm happy yeah. uh, <laughs> all i want is you to be happy <laughs> uh tea versus coffee tea tea uh what is the weirdest job you've ever had oh <laughs> Oh man, I've had a lot of jobs. I am <laughs> before I did this, I was like constantly fired because I can't put my my heart into anything <laughs> if I don't believe it, right? So yeah. Um, the weirdest job that I've ever had. Um, this is super random. I worked as like an outreach assistant for um a hedge fund. Okay. For some fucking reason, this guy thought I would be really good for this job. Yeah. He had met me while I was serving. Um, oh, that, that one was weird, but I also was once a, a musical tour guide. Okay. Um, so I would like take people around Banff and I would yeah. rework songs, like classic songs, like rock songs and stuff okay. to be about like sites in Banff. So that yeah. one was pretty weird. <laughs> Did that at Banff and Lake Louise. I have a ton. I could go on and on about this one, but. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any firings that you're really proud of? Oh, fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> there was one. Where I um, I was was my first serving job actually. This one was traumatic at the time, but like really badass in retrospect. <laughs> yeah. So first serving job, I got no training. Um, I was a place, a little cafe restaurant called Symposium okay. on Richmond Row in London, Ontario, and um, the manager was like really fucking creepy. And it was one of those things where like. I was 18 years old, 6,000 miles away from my home. Right. No idea what I was doing. Just kind of like trying my best not to 
not to fuck up people's food orders. Yeah. Um, and I was terrible. I was absolutely terrible at it. But on top of that, the manager was really disgusting. And Yikes. at one point, he like came behind me, and um, and he grabbed my ass, and and I turned around to him and I was like, "Don't fucking touch me." Yeah. And the next day, I was fired. Apparently because I was terrible, but I think it was mm. more because I stood up for myself and he got embarrassed. So yeah, I'll take I'll take a firing over that. Yeah, good move, I'd say. Yeah, I should have punched him. Yeah, I mean reasonable. Now, now I would like now if someone were to touch me, I'd straight up, yeah. I would straight up punch him in the face. Yeah, it's it's restaurants are really bad for that. I think restaurants is my are understanding. Gross, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Have you worked in an? I, I haven't. Uh, my girlfriend works in uh, at a restaurant here in the city. Where does she work? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's actually one I haven't worked at. I've worked at like ten restaurants in Edmonton. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the Earls's that type of oh, restaurant. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? You wear black. You laugh at stupid jokes. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I'm familiar. <laughs> if you could choose to meet. Uh, like I guess your musical heroes. Well, I guess you I kind of did. did. But there are other people I would. I guess w first of all, I guess would you choose to do it having done it now in a fairly mm. in-depth way? Mm. Uh, and also, I guess who would that be? <laughs> well, I mean, there's tons of people that I want to meet, and and I'm hoping in the next couple of years, tons of people I'll be able to meet. For sure, yeah. Um, I, I would really, this is a tough one. I would really like to meet Joni Mitchell. Um, yeah. But I also hear she's like pretty abrasive. And I think that one would hurt a little. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't meet her as much as I would really like to. Um, someone I would want to meet is um, Brandi Carlisle. Okay. I, I really love Brandi Carlisle. Um, she's been a huge inspiration to me, like from the time I was in high school. Right. Um, all throughout my career. And, um, I love really great female songwriters. Like that is my bread and butter. It's that's what for I go sure. for. So yeah, when I would, when I wouldn't. You know? And yeah, Joni Mitchell is definitely kind of cream of the crop, so to speak. Oh yeah, she's great. She's really great. I've just heard from multiple people that like she doesn't like meeting people. It's like not really yeah, her yeah. thing. So I if if I ever got the chance to, I would love to. Yeah. But I would never. I think she mostly paints now. Yeah. I think. Yeah, she she did her jazz thing for a long time and everyone's like, <laughs> play the circle game. And she's like, fuck <laughs> everything. <laughs> uh, this is slightly off topic, but my, uh, like I'm from Saskatoon originally. Oh, cool. My grandma grew up in Saskatoon, just mm. has Joni Mitchell stories about like, Seriously? yeah, I saw Joni and everybody thought Joni was really pretentious. Really? It's <laughs> yeah, funny oh to hear gosh. her talk about it. But. Oh, I've heard a couple of, couple old folks say have stories about her too and yeah like oh i knew her on the sunshine coast and <laughs> everybody's got a story everybody's a storyteller right yeah. <laughs> uh is there an album that sparked your love of music oh my gosh so many um <laughs> i really like this is kind of funny but and it's not in my vein of music but I really liked Bob Seger's Night Moves. Okay. I adored that record, and I used to put it on all the time. I mean, I would cook to that album like once a week all through high school. Yeah. Yeah, it's it kind of like into that era. For sure. Yeah. Do you, do you think about that kind of stuff that you were into like when you were 
fairly young. Do you think about that when you're writing stuff now? I don't think I do, but it's one of those things where like, I feel like every artist, like a good artist is an amalgamation of all the art they've experienced. Right. So that, I mean, that's why I'm grateful for my degree. That's why I'm constantly listening to new music. Um, I think our subconsciouses are, are really powerful and, um, and we have to like keep that in mind right. when like letting things flow. So I don't consciously think about it, but I, I think it's definitely, I think they're there. Like I think Bob's yeah. back there <laughs> Bob's working on his somewhere. night moves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sports versus board games. Which sport? Oh, no, because then which board game, right? Mm, that's true. Okay, so let me think. The best sport versus the best board game. Hockey versus Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that one, neither. Yeah, it's but a like, tough one. But <laughs> like, Bananagrams versus Ultimate Frisbee. Okay. I would probably go with sports. That's fair. Ultimate Frisbee is really fun, too. Super fun. Just because it, like, it's hard to make it feel really formal. Yeah, exactly. You're just like beacon off the whole time. I'm also a great beaker. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most important skill in Ultimate Frisbee, yeah, I think. I know yeah. it. <laughs> uh, what's the best movie you've seen recently? Oh my god, I watched um, Christopher Robinson. Ro yeah. Christopher, Rob Christopher Robbins last yeah. night, yeah. The one about Winnie the Pooh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I cried so in the theater. hard. It's so beautiful, yeah, it's and it's nice. such a good reminder just to. Like that there is like just wholesome goodness in the world still. Like not everything has to be marred by badness. So yeah. oh man, it really inspired me. <laughs> uh the guy who scored that is really great. It's a guy oh, named really? John Bryan. John Bryan oh yeah, I've heard of John Bryan. Yeah, he he produced a bunch of Fiona Apple's music. Right. It's right. Fiona Apple and Amy Mann. He did a bunch of stuff for. But yeah. You are such a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it, it was funny because I was going to make the comment about the Bob Seger thing because for me, that's like Weezer, yeah, which I don't listen right, right, to right. anymore, but it's <laughs> yeah. really fucking obvious, yeah. I think, looking at me still. Yeah, it looks which so is funny. both a bummer and completely fine. But Do you remember, is this Weezer? Do you remember the, or it might be Weedus. Fuck, I always got those two mixed up. I'm going to tell you the name of the song. You tell me okay. if you remember it. Do you remember the sweater song? Yes. Is that? That's Weezer, except there's another sweater song by Headley. Oh, no, no, not that. Okay, cool. I'm yeah. talking, if you want yeah. to destroy my sweater, <laughs> yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's a Weezer <laughs> one. The video for that's great. It's just them playing in a room, and then they send like 50 dogs in. That's oh, the whole really? Video. It's really funny, yeah. That's so cool. I might have seen that, actually. Yeah, I some, really liked that song. Some classic MTV in the 90s material. Yeah. There. <laughs> They're just like, oh, we're all high. Fuck it. Send some dogs <laughs> in. We'll call it a day. Yeah, that's good enough. <laughs> uh, is there an artist that you would like to open for in, an, in a dream situation? Uh, I want to open for Donovan Woods. I really like Donovan Woods. Um, he's like a, oh, there's actually so many now that I'm thinking about it. Um, but Donovan Woods is my is my is my pick for this question. Um, he's like a, a country folk roots kind of guy. He's super funny. We both like. I would say we have a similar style of music, and we both right. integrate comedy into our set quite a bit. So um, I think it would be like a really good pairing. But yeah, there's so many as well. Uh, podcasts versus radio. Podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts. What do you listen to? Out of curiosity. Right now, I am big time hooked on nighttime okay. um it's a curious uh what's it called curious cast podcast 
Um, and it's just all about like the, there's these super weird stories from the fringes of Canadian oh, okay. society. So like true crime and um, there was like one on all sorts of weird things that had happened in Tim Hortons and it's it was super, <laughs> super cool. It was yeah. like, I, I love it. I listen to it like every night. <laughs> cool. Uh, what is your most recent uh, musical obsession? Oh, I'm obsessed with the Bar Brothers right now. Okay, I don't I know am them. So hard for the Bar Brothers. <laughs> What's that? Can you remember the name of the album? It's not their most recent album, but their <laughs> What's the word for this? Not penultimate, but like the album before their oh. most recent album is really really good. You have to listen to them. I like yeah, put it sure. on and I'm just like moved and there's such complexity of sound like they're so realized in right. in what they're trying to do. So I'm obsessed with them. Very cool. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I will check it out. Yeah. Uh is I guess what's the what's the worst TV show you've ever just watched all of? Uh Gilmore Girls. Okay. Hands down. It's but it's also like I'm not embarrassed of it cuz it's like super clever and it's about this like mother-daughter relationship like strong right. strong women coming out of the 90s like that was kind of revolutionary at the time right. so yeah i love gilmore girls is there a point like how many seasons of gilmore girls seven and i haven't even finished oh, okay i've been watching it all winter like since i broke up with my last boyfriend yeah I, gilmore girls will help <laughs> i replaced him with gilmore girls and let yeah. me tell you it has been an upgrade sean there you go <laughs> good to hear thank you uh is there uh, a band or artist that you like really have been meaning to get into and just kind of haven't gotten there yet or that people have told you is like the best? Yeah, I think like, I think like old songwriters, like there's, there's a lot of those that I, I've explored a bit of, like I've kind of dipped my toe into a little Blaze Foley and a little Chris Christopherson, <laughs> yeah. a little bit more Chris Christopherson. Um, and like th those types of writers, I'm for sure. I'm interested in exploring more of some older stuff to kind of like appreciate the roots of where, like where the the place I'm in now, like where that genre has come from. I think that's good to honor that place. Cool. Uh, last question then for the rapid fire stuff. Mm. Uh, do you have any local recommendations for acts you like in Edmonton? Yeah, for sure. Um, tons. Uh, I, I love Altamita. Like, I saw those sure. guys in Toronto a couple weeks ago when I was there for my press week. Oh, okay. Um, just, like, killer band, great songwriting, super energetic. Um, I love Nature Of. Um, for sure. Same kind of deal. Like, really, really great um, energy and, and great music. Um, in terms of, like, songwriters, like, I love Dana Wiley. Um, Scotty Cook is... Uh, another great songwriter from the area although he's not here a lot um i love um Braden gates music you know he's been a huge influence on me okay and um, i still follow his his career quite closely so yeah lots of great great talent in edmonton uh yeah actually i think nature of recorded because they have an album coming out yeah in June, they but did they recorded um, here Bent River. Yeah. The, yeah, they did their record with Bent River. Yeah, That's... the guy who's the recording prof here, uh, Paul Johnston. Well, it was Paul Johnston and uh, this guy Marcus Paquin mm -hmm. who produced Arcade Fire. Or... Oh, cool. Yeah. So, so looking yeah, forward to that one. That, that'll be cool. Yeah, I'm stoked for them. Like, they, I think they have a, a great career ahead of them. For sure. Uh, well, that kind of comes to the end of things here. Then we, nor we normally uh, play a track. Cool. Uh, of, of your choosing so I guess is there a song that you would want us to play and uh, tell us a bit about it 
All right, well, why don't we play like something that I've put out recently? Yeah, or, yeah. Yeah, sweet. Okay, um, let's play uh, Can't Wait on the Rain. Um, that is a song off of my most recent record. I, I realized too, we've talked about that record. We've not said the name of that record. Oh, right. The name of the record is Freedom Books, Flowers in the Moon. Perfect. Yes, um, which is an Oscar Wilde's. Um, an yeah. excerpt from, and actually both my albums have been um, um, homages to literary references. So. What, what's the what's the first reference out of curiosity? Um, it's a Sylvia Plath uh, gotcha. kind of quote from the bell jar. It's called The Old Brag of My Heart. Gotcha. And, uh, and the line is like, I, I sat, I, something like I, I sat in silence and, and listened to the old brag of my heart. I am, I am, I am. Beautiful. Yeah. So, and I, I want to kind of make that a theme, but let's keep that on the download because I want only certain <laughs> people to notice, you know. Yeah. Like. <laughs> it's satisfying, I think, to hide those kinds of things. Yeah. 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 Uh, so don't fucking tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody will know. <laughs> uh, I totally cut you off, though. We were talking about the song. <laughs> oh, right. Can't Wait on the Rain. Um, I wrote it um, at the end of, a, you know, the, the great love of my life thus far. Um, and you know, it, it, I think it comes across as, quite sad initially but it is a song of empowerment too it's saying i love you but i i'm i'm moving forward i can't wait on something that i don't know if it's ever gonna come for sure and i'm really proud of the songwriting i think it's simple and and uh powerful and um yeah perfect well uh maddie thanks so much for coming in thank you for uh, having me it's a pleasure talking to you absolutely Thank you. 
Cups and Cakes Presents is produced by Sean Newton and Declan Paxton. The featured track was played with permission from Maddie Storvold. Undercurrents from Atlantis Jazz Ensemble's album Oceanic Suite is the background music throughout the entire episode. Oceanic Suite is available through Ottawa's Marlowe Records. Find out more at marlowrecords.com. Inside the Artist Studio is one of the many ways the Cups and Cakes Network highlights Canadian music. Visit our website, cupsandcakespod.com, to browse our audio, video, and written content. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. Thanks for listening.